This is EdTech Weekly. I am your host, Ricky Zager, and this is episode 61. Joining me again as a regular staple on the show, we have Christy. Welcome to the show, Christy. Hi, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. Again, episode 61, that's a big deal as we learned last week. And next week, we have a special guest joining us, Monica Burns. And she actually wrote a book, I believe co-authored, but it's called Formative Tech, which is Meaningful, Sustainable, and Scalable Formative Assessment with Technology. And that's one of those pet peeves of mine. I love the opportunity to make things that deal with um, formative assessments um, in ed tech, something that's scalable and sustainable and usable. Because that's one of the things that teachers definitely struggle with when it comes to ed tech and creating things, how they can make that stuff actually work well. So I'm pretty excited about that. And also excited because this is just another case of somebody joining the show via email, edtechweeklyshow, or edtechweekly, excuse me, at gmail.com, edtechweekly at gmail.com, and communicating with the show and then becoming a part of the show. And I'm excited to have her and learn more about her book. But first, oh, go ahead. I know, I'm just really looking forward to hearing what she has to say and looking more into her book, her book, you know, meaningful, sustainable, scalable. That's pretty awesome. So can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah, that could be pretty great. And as we always do, let's start with our EdTech Rundown. YourStory.com reports on some of the issues in the EdTech world focusing specifically on India, which is one of the biggest EdTech markets. This is a long and somewhat complex article, but the overall concept is that EdTech companies have been chasing market share and not really focusing on outcomes. Many are just ripping through their cash stock and they're trying to fit it you know, their company into an existing infrastructure, and they just really aren't making money yet. It does seem that ed tech companies are trying to plug holes. Basically means that they're just trying to get into the door and make some sort of money or at least get some sort of cash flow going, but they're not really changing outcomes, and therefore they're not really becoming invaluable to schools. I think it's definitely an interesting read, and I'll put the link up on edtechweeklyshow.com in the notes, so you should definitely check that one out. Yeah, this article makes me think of how it can be applied to ed tech decisions at the site level. Uh, The author Vishal Krishna states, when one looks at the online education industry today, one cannot help but get a sense of deja vu. Like the e-commerce industry, the ed tech sector appears to have tied itself in knots, chasing market share instead of focusing on outcomes. I also think that this can be applied to any ed tech decision. Focus on the outcomes you need, then find the tech that can help you get there not the reverse. Yeah, that's, I agree. That's always the first step. You look for ed tech after you figure out the outcomes you need. Yeah. Next up, the journal brings the data nerds out there, a possible reason to rejoice. Yes. Data nerds. We love it. (laughs) A program program called Catch On that debuted its public beta at South by Southwest EDU last week claims to deliver real-time data on app usage. It looks at apps and gives a cost to use breakdown across an entire district. The theory is that this app will help districts measure usage, effectiveness, and the value of apps that a district has purchased. I think this could be a really helpful tool for districts as they evaluate implementation. Currently, I can monitor usage on the various apps that we use in our district, um, but I do have to log into each one and check on it. So having a district-wide dashboard would make this easier. I see that their current free trial is closed, but they'll be opening another one shortly, which I plan to check out. Yeah, that's definitely something to look into uh, if that's 
part of your job description, which I know it is for you. I do know, although it seems odd, that this is sort of a big problem in general because the bigger the districts are, you know, in the large district that I worked in, it was really obvious that it was not easy to know who's using programs. Are we using them? Are they effective? How do we know these things? So any data that helps that would be pretty awesome. Let's go to our next story. EdTech Magazine reports that IT leadership roles are changing in higher education. As the integration of technology is becoming an all-encompassing part of these universities, IT leaders are going to need to be more involved in the overall planning and have a more overall strategic role. It leads uh, IT leaders will essentially need to be more prepared to help develop strategies and present and persuade even during high-level planning conversations. Uh, to me, it sounds like a change from that normal sort of IT that we hear, sure, we can do that for you, and maybe moving more to a, here's what we should be doing, uh, here's our suggestions, and here's how to make it happen. So it's good news for IT leaders. Uh, you're going to have some more responsibility maybe, but no word on more money. Wow, Ricky, I must say, this article was thrilling. <laughs> I sense sarcasm. Should, just a bit. Folks out there listening just be glad for that short summary so you don't have to read the article. Ouch. <laughs> not, not that you're wrong, but ouch. <laughs> I usually enjoy all the articles you pick, but that one was um, interesting. So, But really my comment, including IT leadership and higher ed decisions, is this really not happening right now? Well, I can say uh, I'm not sure about the higher ed. I'm not as involved with that type of stuff in the higher ed where I'm at now, but I know that in K-12, it was surprising how uninvolved IT leadership was other than just, can you make it work for us? And they weren't really the ones leading any of these initiatives or sort of putting their spin on it and, and helping to sort of write or make those things happen. All right. I hear you. I can go with that. But the article. Thanks, Ricky. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Continuing with our data theme, EdTech Magazine reports that city school data sharing improves student outcomes. Data sharing programs can be a great way to use information to improve conditions. The article specifically talks about a data sharing program between Nashville Public Schools and Nashville After Zone Alliance, a city-funded after-school program. The after-school program is getting real-time data on students regarding attendance, behavior, and coursework. This data allows tutors to really focus on areas of need and has shown advancement in reading levels of students during only a 12-week period. This certainly shows just how impactful data can be and a bright future for education as real-time data becomes easier to parse and use. But I am wondering about student privacy and sharing of confidential information. Yeah, that's always an issue, certainly. And I believe, uh, looking into this article, that the Nashville After Zone Alliance is actually a part of the district public school system. It's it's a program of theirs, but it's funded by the city, I believe, specifically. So uh, there may be some things within the way they structured it that allows them to do that. You know, Got I it. think there's also the opportunity for maybe getting some data that would be helpful, but not necessarily private or confidential information just to give them a, a ballpark of what some of these students need. I hope, I hope they can come to terms with that because I really think this can be awesome stuff. Yeah, that'd be really helpful for the tutor to know after school exactly what they needed help with during the day. Yeah, and, if, and we certainly have the ability to do that now. So, you know, I'd like to see that be used. But again, obviously the data does need to be secure, especially in K-12. That's important. 
All right, so we do have an article that we're going to discuss today. Essentially, um, wondering if current ed tech, especially LMS, is just akin to a flashlight app. But before we go there, I do want to say that if you want to email the show, that is edtechweekly at gmail.com. Again, we've had numerous people, including Christy, who is now a regular part of the show and is has come to be known as the co-host and is just as big a part of the show as anyone. Um, so, and Monica Burns, who's going to be joining us next week. Uh, we've had multiple people. Ashley, who came in and, and gave us some awesome tips on um, doing some uh, acquiring of funds and writing some grants. So again, edtechweekly at gmail.com. We continue to get more and more people uh, who want to be on the show and involved in the show, and we're uh, happy to have you. So email the show and let us know how you'd like to be a part of the show or what you'd like to talk about, and we'll do our best to have you on. We're also making a push with social media. Uh, EdTech Weekly show with no W. I'm not going to go into my hipness this time. Just a show with no W, EdTech Weekly show. And that's going to be wherever you are, really. Uh, If you find yourself on Twitter, we're going to be there and we are there. Uh, If you find yourself on Facebook, we have a presence there as well. Um, And uh, also uh, some other ones, too. Um, Why I can't think of the name of the picture one right now. Boy, am I getting old. Instagram, thank you. Good gravy. (laughs) This is not a good sign. Yesterday, a friend of mine sent some current sort of music that I usually enjoy, and I was like, I'm not really feeling this, and she was devastated, and I think I'm scared that I'm getting a little too old, but Instagram, sorry about that. Yeah, so we're all over the place, EdTech Weekly Show, without the W, and we're making a concerted effort to uh, participate and be involved, and I think you'll uh, like the amount that we are being involved, so come check us out. All right, Christy, so... In our discussion, we're going to talk about this Ed Surge article, and they basically say beware of EdTech is basically the equivalent of the flashlight app. And I guess what they mean by the flashlight app, Christy, is essentially something cool you download and think this is going to be great, but maybe never use. Um, I would contest that because I use the flashlight app a lot on my phone. Um, I'm constantly... Why don't, why don't you just use the built-in one? That's Well, that's the app I'm referring to, the built-in one. Okay. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess you can... I technically consider that an app. But yeah, the built-in function of the flashlight is kind of... I, I think what they're trying to say is, you know, you get these apps that people think they're going to use and they never use them. I, I can... I would contend that I use the flashlight app a lot or the baked-in flashlight app. But... I think the higher issue here, there's two things to talk about. First of all, do you think that a lot of times EdTech or EdTech LMS is just that? It's something that we use, but it's not something that we really want to use and we don't use it well. Well, when I think about the flashlight app, you know, there used to be actual apps for flashlights on your phone. Right. Then it, it, you know, just got gobbled up by, um, you know, Apple. They had just incorporated it in. So, you know, I'm wondering about this article and saying that. They want the bundling of all of these apps all into one LMS and that that might be a bad thing. But I did notice and it is pointed out that that could be a little biased because the person who wrote the article, I think, is from one of those companies that would be one of the add-ons to an LMS. Yeah, no. He may not like that. It's definitely biased. Um, And Mm -hmm. I actually, I got this article when I was doing my social media stuff. Um, I think I was on a subreddit, EdTech subreddit. Um, Now, we do EdTech Weekly uh, subreddit, but this is the EdTech subreddit. I was on there, and he had posted this article, and I actually mentioned to him that, you know, I I do find regular LMSs that a lot of schools used to be sort of clunky and not super effective, but 
it is clear that he's pushing for one of the smaller ones that he works for. So it, it definitely is skewed, but that doesn't mean it's not a good idea to talk about some of the things he, he, he brings about. First of all, he talks about the five most popular LMSs. I know like Moodle, Canvas, and he listed some others account for 90% of LMSs used. Um, I'm not sure that's a terrible thing uh, because being involved in an LMS with Canvas that we use at the university I work at, it is nice to know that you have the support of a large company that is going to be there when students need it most. Like you don't want an LMS that's not working during exam week. Yeah, that would be bad. And then also having it all packaged together in one, I would think that would be easier for the end user, you know, uh, think of a college professor where they don't have to go out and find the best assessment, you know, formative assessment tool. It's just built into the LMS. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of think, and again, I, I can, I think it's up for interpretation here when you look at the article, but I kind of think this, this person's point was that they, sh- everything should be baked in. There shouldn't have to be somewhere you go separately to get this stuff. I think that's what they were saying. Like some of the apps that you would use should be a part of the LMS. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. And if, you know, again, send it to edtechweeklyshow at gmail.com and just tell me how wrong I am. But that's kind of what I I interpreted from it. I I think bundling will definitely make it easier. And I'm because if there is an app that you can simply click on in your LMS and go to it rather than have to link to an outside source or have a different login, I think that is definitely a good thing to have. Um, but is that unfair for f- professors to have to try to figure out unbundled options? So if there's things that aren't, don't normally come with it, but you expect them to do those things, is that is that a fair thing to expect professors or edu- teachers to do? I'm just wondering if they would actually do that, if they would go and find it on their own. I'm sure they've got a heavy load just like K-12 teachers. And yeah, having it in bundled in would be better. And, I'm wondering if the small companies or the ones designing these eventually just sell to the big ones, you know, Canvas or LMS or Moodle and get included that way. Yeah, I think in terms of logistics, that's probably the better option. Um, The difficulty would just be how they communicate with each other. If they could figure out the protocol and make that happen, I think that'd probably be in the best interest because I know firsthand I wasn't at my university when they switched, but when they switched to Canvas – it was a huge, huge endeavor, and it takes a lot of man hours and a lot of altering and changing because even though things are supposed to transfer over well, they don't usually do it that well. So I think at the end of the day, there needs to be a sort of a middle solution here, like you said, if they can get those things more easily in. Now, I know Canvas has the ability to add apps. We add apps to Canvas. It is not a part of the starting feature set, but you can add them in. So, yeah, I think, you know, one size fits all doesn't work. We kind of know that for most things. So some professors might just use whatever's included and others more adventurous ones might go out and look for something that really meets their needs. Yeah. And I think we're at the point of where there is such an influx and there's so many different types of apps that do so many of the similar things that it is. I really do think it's not fair to put any of that on professors or teachers Uh, As you mentioned, they're just too busy. The district needs to have a better idea and understanding of the type of apps that they need to solve the problems that their students face and get the outcomes that they want. Very, you know, like you mentioned earlier in the show, that sort of should be the focus. 
really tout and really give professional development to those few apps that do those things and let them focus that way. I, I worry when we say bundled options that we're getting too many apps, too many options, and people just get lost in the sea of little apps that are on the side that they can click on. That's true, and then they don't use anything because it's either too overwhelming or you know too much to look for. So some sort of screening process, some sort of vetting that someone at your district does that says, hey, these are what, what we find to be to be the best, you know, use these five instead of choosing between 20. That would be helpful. Yeah, I think that should be the ultimate goal for districts is to to have a set of apps or programs that they use, a small set to help with, again, address the issues that that particular district has. And of course, if teachers want to go above and beyond and find things that work and know how to use them, I would not stop that from happening. But I think it just is getting more and more clouded. And we talk about these ed tech companies trying to fill holes and trying to get in these spots just in order to get in the school and not really be focused on outcomes. I think you you create a pretty bad snowball effect here of getting way too many things together and not knowing what works and doesn't work and frustrating professors and teachers because they're not sure which apps to use and they don't know how they work. I think we almost should scale back rather than be adding more bundling options in some ways. Yeah, I hear you. I, I would agree with that. If we can also make it open enough for those that want to do more or do it different, that they can seek things out. And if they want to vet something on their own, they can. So let's condense but not limit. Absolutely. No, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think that's a good place to end our, our discussion of that. Um, again, check out edtechweeklyshow.com. Any links to the stories we've talked about in the show. And even though... Christy said that story of mine was one of the most boring things she's ever read. I mean, if you're into, uh, you know, I don't know, IT leadership roles and that's your thing, you might enjoy it. Okay, let's not let's not put those people out. They might actually like it. Who knows? But I kind of agree with Christy. It's really pretty boring. It was um, a really great summary you had. <laughs> I did a really good job of putting it into a few sentences because otherwise yeah. it wasn't worth looking at at all. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Well, some people might think that. Yeah. I mean, I think the takeaway for that, though, of course, is, you know, we need to be more flexible with how we use our IT staff and our leaders, especially, should be more involved. Okay. Also, follow me on Twitter at Four Tech Teachers. And I mentioned before at Ed Tech Weekly Show with no W. That is where we are on Twitter and also the other social medias, all the social medias, all of them. Right? The social media. All of the social medias. That's correct. On the internets, <laughs> everywhere on the internets, all of the social medias. When Matt's not here, I feel like I have to hold his torch and, and, and speak the way he would speak of such things. Okay. <laughs> all right. And like I said, finally email the show edtechweekly at gmail.com like Christy did, like so many others, like our guest next week who's coming on, Monica Burns, who's going to be talking about her book. I really am excited about that because I think if, if this book does – uh, even fraction of what it you know in the title talks about doing this is going to be something that as a as an ed- educator of any type who uses technology you're going to be really interested in also christy follow her at christy m warren on twitter and do you have anything for the good people to take into next week well i look at the title of the book next week meaningful sustainable and scalable that's our podcast for you 
There you go. Summed up in a book title. Well done, Christy. All right, we'll see you, Christy, and all of the others who listen to the show next week on EdTech Weekly.